0: good morning morning. that's my daughter's favorite hymn before i begin let me clarify something Uh, The last time i stood before you with a music stand in front of me that was about a year ago and i uh sang a solo at the offering with tim trying to cover for me Uh, And since then I have had zero requests that I do an encore. I get it. I promise I will not sing this morning. We'll leave that to April. With that clarification, please pray with me for a moment. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Have you had enough with the bad news? It seems for the last decade at least, all we're presented with is bad news. Turn on the radio, bad news. Pick up the newspaper, more bad stories. Turn on the TV news. Bad news, pick up a reputable magazine, bad news. The elements are conspiring against us. The West Coast is burning up, hurricanes, we can't count them. We're all learning the Greek alphabet. Does anybody know what comes after IOTA? You're gonna learn. That's all we get, except this morning, I'm here to bring you some good news from the Bible that we all read. Whatever version you read. Now, I'm not an expert on the Bible. I won't pretend. There's stuff in there that just confounds me. And we all know the problems with the translation. When you move from one language to another, there's often not an exact word that matches when you're making a translation, or maybe there are several words that are pretty much like that. So you go from Aramaic to Greek to Hebrew to German, there's all that kind of stuff. There are problems with translations, but there are some truths that are so powerful that they burst their way through all of those problems and make it through so clearly that even those of us who are not biblical scholars, can read through whatever translation we have, and we get it. It's clear. It's easy to understand. Now, the good news I want to bring you today is found in the very first book of the New Testament, that being the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, and we'll begin at verse 35. Actually, that's a lie. I'm going to begin at 34, to give you a little runway to get into that it applies to everybody that I know in this church and others who are out there from other places zooming in so you can erase any doubts that you have had about this because the good news is you're all going to heaven whatever your concept of heaven is you're going to heaven Look at what the scripture plainly tells us, starting with Matthew 25, 34, or 35. Whatever translation you have. We have the Son of Man, gathering the nations and the people before him and announcing who's gonna enter the kingdom. Picking it up at 34 to give you a runway. The various translations say something like this. Come beloved of the Father and enter the kingdom prepared for you. Or I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. Well, that's you. That's what you do. You get money to feed the hungry and the poor. You collect Thanksgiving baskets, food. You do all of that stuff. We started our own pantry here nine, ten years ago, before it was the thing to do. You give money to your outreach committee so we can go and do dinners at uh, the Outdoor Church in Cambridge, at the Lowell Transitional Living Center, at the House of Hope. We do that all the time. I'm thinking of a little toddler named Powering bouncing on her mommy's knee and the mother says, listen, if you be a good girl, when you grow up, you're gonna learn to drive a truck. And you're gonna be able to drive that truck into Boston, to the greater Boston food bank, where they're gonna load it up with pallets of food. You're gonna be able to turn that truck around and drive it right back through the miserable Boston traffic to beautiful downtown Villereca, where they're gonna unload that truck, repackage, repurpose that food, and give it out to hundreds of families in Villereca. Cause they don't live on Wall Street. They live on Elm Street and Main Street, and they're hungry and they need that food. But that's what we do. And when we go in to the outdoor church in Cambridge, we bring them sandwiches because you make those sandwiches. And for years, pre-pandemic, this church opened its doors for Thanksgiving dinner and said to the whole town, come on down. I know you hope that 42,000 people didn't do that, but the church was open to anybody. You didn't have to be poor, you didn't have to be married, you didn't have to be anything. Just come on down. You don't have to plan the meal, you don't have to shop for the meal, you don't have to cook the meal, you don't have to serve it, you don't even have to clean up. Just come, we'll do it all for you. Because that's what we do. We feed people. All folks have to do is eat, go home, turn on the TV, and fall asleep in front of the football game. That's what we do. Scripture goes on, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. We've turned that into an art form. We emboss it on the wall coming into the church. Come in any door, there's a to get past the greeter you come into the sanctuary there's an usher to greet you you come into the sanctuary and look out if you're a proper bostonian lady because there's hugging bob slack looking for you to greet you again all right we've got little gift packs to give to strangers if you could get into the coffee hour some of us made it a point to make sure we saw people who were new to the church And engage them in conversation and then there was a note that followed you the week after. Easy to come here as a stranger, tough to leave as a stranger. I was naked in your clothes. You give to Clothing Drive, you give to St. Anne's Church. We just finished collecting uh, uh, pajamas for the folks out at uh, the Ba, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Who gets nervous? Um, <laughs> uh, you, you know, I just received an email two, or three weeks ago from somebody saying, "When are you guys going to the outdoor church?" Dennis, Knuckles, me here. When are you going to the outdoor church? Because we always go there. Let me say a word about socks. The number one thing requested by homeless people in America is socks. Now Kay will remember this. Uh, A long time ago, in my hometown of Putnam, we had a disaster. And Red Cross came into town. And among the first things they did was they gave out vouchers to homeless people. And the vouchers were good for socks. I took my voucher. And I went to Jurati's men's shop and I, I picked out some socks. And I paid for those socks with a voucher. Now, I didn't have a drawer to put my socks in because I didn't have a bureau, because I didn't have a room, because I had neither an apartment nor a house. But I had my socks. Socks are the currency of the homeless. That's where you begin. And when we go to the outdoor church, we never take less than 125 pairs of socks because you provide them. And we have Donna with her naughty knitters at the at the, uh, the senior center. And they're making scarves, and they're making caps, and they're making gloves. And we take them either to the outdoor church or we take them to the Lowell Transitional Living Center. And we clothe people because that's what we do. The scripture could have been written for you. Finally, I was in prison and you visited me. Well, you don't have to go physically. Catherine goes sometimes. Nancy, who really, we've adopted Nancy. She's been in and out of here for a number of years. Nancy visits every week. You don't have to be like Linda who trucked herself down to Uh, walpole the maximum security facility. That's not a nice place to go. The guards yell at you. The drug-sniffing dog came at me like I was his long-lost girlfriend. You don't want to go there. They can rename it. They can call it um, Cedar Junction. It's not a nice place. Here in town, we call it the Billerica House of Correction. Do you really think that somebody's teaching behavioral modification techniques, or that it's a camp where people earn merit badges until they finish their time? These are not nice places. But you visit by mail, more than a dozen of you were sending letters to Bobby while he was there. And you still do it when he's down in Virginia. Victor still makes phone calls to him. We visit people in prison because that's who we are. So there you have it. When you feel down some days, go back to Matthew 25, 35, and remember where you're ending up. There's nothing in there that says, you have to go to church every Sunday. My grandchildren who are watching this will love hearing that. Uh, Nothing says you're in because you're nearly perfect or because you're better than those people. You enter the kingdom, beloved of God, because you hear it You get it, and you act on it. And that deserves a big comment.